So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. Welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United Football Club. I am joined by my co-host Dave Katz and our producer Carmen. How's everybody doing this evening? Good. Very good. Just because the season's over doesn't mean the podcast's over. No. It's almost (laughs) like a good thing that it's the season's over because now we have hope. We do. (laughs) For next season. Look at That's a glass half full right there. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh... Dave, we're starting off, as always, with a lovely glass of wine, and uh, Mm -hmm. one of my favorites, actually, I was just telling you, uh, you are obviously a fan of it, but Sebastiani, a cab from California, yeah, um, really nice uh, wine out there. Used to have it at the Decab Farmer's Market, but it's not there anymore, so I'll have to find out where they sell it. Yeah, I got this one at Costco. Mm. (laughs) Delicious. Somebody in the family's got a membership. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, this is nice. Mm. So, um, Carmen, do you have any soccer gossip? I'm just put you on the spot. Uh, you really did. The gossip has been kind of light yeah. recently. I've just been watching them kind of hang out with each other okay. after the season. Hmm. Um, well, that's good. They're still hanging out. They are still hanging out. Means nobody's killed each other yet. <laughs> they still seem to like each other. All right. Yeah. Uh, Dom is kind of by himself hanging out at like the spas and meditation Can Dom places. be with anybody else? He and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gutman are like besties. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Re- they hang out a lot. All right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So. More of this insider scoop. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it, a lot of their um, Instagram and stuff is in Spanish. So it, mm. there's a lot of translation uh, that I have to do, yeah. which slows okay. me down Keep a little bit. Keep clicking that translate button. It. Yeah. Keep clicking it. Robinson's not going to jail for taking that shot, was he? No, I, I mean a, the shot of tequila, not like. I have a feeling there's gonna be more, more that comes out on on his front on that. We'll see, but yeah, apparently they're claiming that the the pro- restaurant was like treating them really bad and with a lot of racism. It was terrible. Well, I went onto their uh, review page and apparently, like, it's been a long problem there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like usually it's, it was like uh, other people claiming very yeah. similar stuff uh, exactly. over the last couple of years on. Google reviews on Yelp. It, it's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was uh, definitely where there's smoke, there's fire. Yikes. So, um, what else, Dave? Oh, yeah. You know what? What? We were invited to the coaches convention in Philadelphia, January 11th through 15th. Um, right. They have something called Podcast Row, uh, where they invite 30 soccer podcasts to. Uh, be on display for at least two days there. Yep. And we were invited, and I think we uh, we registered and accepted. So. I think, as far as I know, it's the largest soccer convention in the U.S. Lots and yep. lots of people. Lots of stuff, lots of, I'm sure, tech. A lot of people will have some media passes where Dave, Carmen, and I will be able to do some interviews and get some good content. <laughs> yep. Um, and we will be representing Atlanta United as uh, All right. at least one of the podcasts, if not the only <laughs> podcast. It'd be, it'd be fun, too, just to uh, 
learn and pick other people's brains on how we can improve the other podcasts of of the world in soccer. Yeah. Even pull pull more, you know, tricks out of my hat here on, you know, trying to get the technical setup uh, better. So Carmen can make us look even better every week. Oh goodness. (laughs) No pressure, no pressure. But the question is, so does this mean we're legitimate? I, you know, is this, Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. I hope not. We Uh. still got to stick, stick with our tagline, which is now, wait a second. This is going to be going into our, what, our fifth year of podcasting? It'll be our fifth year of the podcast. Oh, my goodness. That's kind yeah. of legitimate, actually. It yeah. kind of has a little Carmen bit. Carmen has a point. A yeah. little bit. And, <laughs> yeah, if, if you guys are following us, we appreciate it. Tell, tell some friends. Yeah. Subscribe. We're on YouTube and all those uh, fancy places. You'll find right. us everywhere. Hit the button. Um, but, you know, again... This is a podcast where we started off with kind of interviewing friends and, and folks casually right. around their their passion for the club. And, you know, we've kind of shifted the last two seasons to be a little more analytical about the matches. And uh, hopefully that provides a little bit of a different content slant than some of the other outlets out there. So we're going to keep running with this. Yep. Keep listening. Yeah. Um, what else, Dave? We... Got to see, finally, coming out of the shadows of the end of the season, a year-end presser with Boca Negra and Pineda, um, who gave their opinions on where the season uh, ended up, and it felt like a gigantic excuse pile um, in on both fronts. But uh, what was your high-level take on that, that uh, end-of-year presser? Anything from Boca's point of view that... Uh, yeah, so out? first of all, Boca, Boca Negra was putting a very positive spin on last year finishing fourth and going into the first round of the playoffs and getting beat. He kept saying, we finished fourth and we went into the playoffs yeah. and we lost to the eventual champs. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I don't think that finishing fourth and um, getting, you know... I mean, we were kind of run off the map in the first playoff game is really <laughs> is really that positive an outcome. What do you think, Mikey Dobbs? Um, I was more surprised about him. Maybe, you know, it, it either was telling that he actually was a big part of the decision to hire Pineda because mm. he threw a lot of compliments that, you know, recently Arthur Blank obviously back too in terms of Pineda yeah. being a young, bright coach with a bright future. Um Felt like maybe that was a little aggressive if that wasn't totally his decision and he's just, um, you know, falling on the sword for the only person that can really talk soccer decisions in the clubhouse right now, right? right? So it felt like maybe a little bit silly for him to do that if he, unless he really, really believes that Pineda is the coach. So yeah, he was unequivocal that Pineda is returning, of course, right. and, and Blank is, you know, now uh, reiterated, I think. So, um, but I, you know, I I thought it was really really interesting that you know Boca Negra went immediately not to this season but to last season right. and said, look, yeah, you know, uh, Pineda was our coach, you know, when we finished fourth and uh, you know got in the playoffs and lo- only lost to the champions. But you know, first of all, that's not really true, right? Yeah. That you know Pineda was only the coach at the very very end, the last you know, third of the season or whatever. Um, And really the thing that got us into the fourth place was Rob Valentino and that run in the middle of the season. I mean, my overview though was just the whole thing lacked preparation and professionalism of understanding, right? Falling on the sword is the better thing to do in this case and taking accountability. Everybody 
that was listening that already knew there was going to be an excuse session. And it was unbelievably an excuse session from both people. And to me, like that is not how any business should be running their business when there are obvious things that they should just say, I've got to do better. We've got to do better. And that needs to be the narrative from both of them right now. And it was not. Definitely it not. It simply was not. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, you know, in any business, if if you come out there and come out with excuses on not hitting your goals, that's not the way you approach a board meeting, you know, uh, presentation on why you didn't hit the goals. It's, we've got to fix this. We've got to do this better. And that was not the overarching way that this thing was constructed. And they sure as hell had plenty of time to prepare and get this right with the the comms team um, you know, that, that hosted this thing. Yep. Which by the way, they've ignored my email for us to get any sort of access to credentials or just events. Send right? it again. You know, I, <laughs> let's just show up, uh, see what happens. Yeah. I know yeah. that I know they're busy, but come on. I mean, you Crash know, Crash the party. All, all we're asking uh, as part of the, you know, the media here that covers Atlanta right. United is some level of information around how we can maybe get to events to be able to talk to people we're not asking to, you know, be Atlanta Journal and Constitution and have total access, so, but we'd love to be able to figure out little ways to get a little more access to what's happening in the club. So I thought the moment of the podcast, the moment of the, <laughs> the moment of the press conference was uh, our friend Felipe asked a uh, really good, a little, all the, co- you know, the, all this. The whole thing was a lot of positive. Oh, it's too bad. There were all mm-hmm. the injuries. And Felipe finally asked a little bit of a tough question, not a really tough question. Right. And about basically, you know, were you happy with this season? You know, are you content with it? And I think Carmen's going to play the clip. Um, here's Pineda's answer. So I accept that. I take it. I think again, you mentioned a little bit that you understand the the how much we suffer, but at times I feel like people don't really understand how much we suffer with the the injuries. And it's not just number one is so, the personal aspect of it because me seeing uh, Brad Gusan going down for the rest of the year in a World Cup year for a guy that maybe had chances to make the World Cup, seeing a Miles Robinson, uh, uh, a young super talented center back arguably the best center back the U.S. has in this moment and and losing uh, a World Cup because of a a long-term injury is very sad. Looking at Ossie Alonso, a veteran presence, a winner going down. I think that uh, that was very hard for me as well, but the same with Dylan Castaneda and the same with Justin Garces and and Emerson Hidman not recovering properly uh, and and then having a re-injury and all the things that have happened to this team affect us in a personal level then you go to the quality on the field then you okay go to- pause it <laughs> they affect us on a personal level mikey dobbs mm-hmm. okay so if you're a coach right the moment you start making excuses you're in big trouble right it's one thing to really say that okay we had some injuries mm-hmm. and the best players you know were on the field and that meant that we basically didn't have a good enough team to compete right that's sort of an explanation for what's going on right 
But Pineda can't really say that, right? Because we didn't have that many injuries. They happened, as we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, one at a time. And we brought in all these great replacements. We had a squad that was good enough, even with those injuries, to do to make the playoffs. And even, to be honest with you, way better than that. And he knows it. Yeah. Right. And so instead of saying the actual truth, he says that it's not that the players caught co- not the injuries cost him players, but it affected his spirit. Right. And so it was a compounded thing. That is the biggest BS excuse. I mean, <laughs> it really is, Dave. It was. Man, this was tough to watch. He claimed that the adversity the team is facing is something he's never seen. Yeah. I right? mean, We've watched a lot of teams. We've seen player, you know, teams lose really, really play, good players. Even Atlanta United when we lost Joseph Martinez, right? right? When we had no other strikers or whatever, that was adversity, right? And, and even that, you know, you're just losing a key player. This was not that. Yeah. Yeah. It was not. And uh, as you can see, it happened, as I'm about to go through, it happened early enough in the season to deal with it in a real strategic way, which we never saw. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, this sums up the, the whole press conference, the moment of whatever, to just not just claim that it was the injuries, but to claim that the injuries were actually worse than you guys think they are because it affected, affected our spirit of our the, team. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, come on, right? Yeah. That's a coach just totally making and excuses. For any listener out there that still is saying these guys are wrong, <laughs> which there are plenty out there. Sure. There are plenty out there that say these were devastating injuries, Dave. Like, they're not in terms of us being able to compete. They're big injuries, and yes, you know, tough to swallow at that that moment in the season but you've got to forge ahead and you've got to go to plan b and go to plan c and there was plenty of talent to do that all along yeah i mean you know i wasn't going to talk about the injuries but before we do that i want to talk one more thing about the press conference Pineda actually revealed his reasoning behind why he didn't play moreno down the stretch at all right and he said basically Moreno, I would be pissed if I were Moreno and I heard this, right? He says, Moreno is a fantastic player, but it was about balance to prevent counterattacks, which, of course, we're the king of gearing up counterattacks, right? It didn't matter. And also balance with him and Almada both being better on the left, right? Okay, maybe, but he didn't even use him off the bench, Right, yeah. and if you really believe that he's a fantastic player, and you just need some balance or whatever, you say, okay, maybe him and Almada can't play the entire game together. We need more balance or whatever. But even when we needed a goal, he didn't bring him in. So that's also just—it's total BS. Right? He's just blowing smoke up his ass, you know, by saying, uh, you know, oh, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. He doesn't believe that. And well, the other thing that was telling too for me is like even in that segment. Um, didn't mention Joseph Martinez, you know, eight week, you know, absence for the procedure right. as, as being an issue. All the oh. injuries, and he never tell me that's not Martinez. telling. That's not. He's throwing Alonzo in there. Yeah, he's throwing Hyman's in there. There are people recovery. I didn't even recognize. Right, the name and he's yeah. not throwing the that's statue. Good. 
That is a really player. good point, really dude. Does. It's it says everything, and he says he's he also said he's got a he's got a fine relationship as far as he knows with Joseph Martinez. Uh-huh. That means you've got a terrible relationship yes. with Joseph Martinez. Exactly. That was another thing in this thing that was like, are you kidding me? You not necessarily knowing whether it's good or not means it's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know enough managers out there who aren't doing their job that. If you don't know whether your employee is truly happy or not, means they're unhappy and you're not managing that person correctly. And when Joseph, the last after the last game in the locker room, was asked about Pineda and Bocanegra in the locker room, he said he couldn't talk about it because they were standing right over there. Yeah, that says enough. He just kept saying it over and over yeah. again. He's too. like, they're right over here. And so the whole thing was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Not good. Um, and it, uh, you know, it takes me to. Um, me doing ridiculous work over a weekend. Yes. I put a PowerPoint together a PowerPoint. for the podcast. Do I mean, tell my I do enough do PowerPoints tell. during the middle of the week, <laughs> oh. but I'm a glutton for punishment. And so I thought I would take, uh, what is it all, 33 or 34 games, 34 games, and uh, rack them up in a PowerPoint presentation to tell the story of what I call 2022 Eros Campoyo. When, when you reach the, tell my when God. you reach the point of flipping the table and yep. making the rice and chicken hit the floor, <laughs> regardless of whether you and I posted this on social media, it's on the the Atlanta United uh, FC uh, page. I posted in one of those, but I'll make sure I put it in the description of our YouTube uh, <laughs> podcast and on Twitter as well yep. for people to look and make their own opinions. Um, but there's certainly a lot of fascinating things that you will glean from seeing the starting lineup, seeing the change in formations, and seeing the results. Um, and to me, you know, if we want to jump in here, Carmen, you know, the, the beginning of the season, right, coming off of... Um, game one. Yeah, game game one, right? We <laughs> Things felt good, right? We've... Uh, oh, my God, a lot of optimism. A lot of optimism. Got to win. Um and who's that? Montreal. I don't know who we, we played there. That logos are a little hard to see. Uh, started off with four three three, which Dave and I, I think, were happy to see, uh, you know, four in the back. Um, but sporting then, Kansas City. Sporting Kansas. Yeah, Sporting right. KC. Yeah, good call. Sorry. Uh, and then we have a loss against, uh, who is that there? Um a loss against Toronto. Uh, no, Tor- Colorado. Sorry, Colorado. Three nothing, um, and we stuck with a four three three. Okay, or four four three. Uh, sorry, we did switch from four three three to four four three, which isn't a gigantic change, right? Um, but it looks like looks like by the the logo there that it's pretty. I must have that wrong. So it must be four three three, and I just have a typo. Um, and then we go to win against, help me out here with the Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, are in a four, four, three, and then we draw. So when we look at the first four games, it's not overwhelmingly great. I mean, it's okay, right? Two wins, a loss and a draw. Um, so we feel like we're at least starting the season out. Okay. You know, okay. certainly no, no, no major red flags at this point. But let's talk about, okay, the starting lineup on opening day. Guzan and goal. Hernandez, Campbell, Robinson, and Gutman. Maybe that's not a surprise. Um, but no Lennon, for example, right? Josetu, Alonso, Sedic was in the starting lineup. 
And then the front three was Araujo, Martinez, and Wolf. Yeah. Right? And Moreno was sort of slightly nursing this foot injury that they were overcautious about. Yeah. He was still on the bench. We saw a lot of Wolf that first part of the season. Yeah, so oh, Sadish nice. started, Wolf started, right? But already, you know, in the next game, and we'll just try to, to go with the changes, right? So right from the beginning, right? Campbell goes out, Franco comes in, right? Oh, no, actually, they went to all three in the back because Campbell, Franco, and Robinson started, right? Um, and then Lennon came in, Araujo didn't start, right? I think he got injured, right? Um, so you made those changes. And then the next game, <laughs> right? Now you're back to a four in the back, right, with Franco Campbell, right? Um, Sadich is still starting. Alonzo is still starting. You kind of consistent with Lennon and Wolf, right? But no Moreno starting, right? Yeah. And then by the fourth game, right, you are, um, you know, Moreno comes in the starting lineup. Wolf is still starting. Lennon is now starting in the place of Araujo, right? And Martinez has started the whole line, right? So right from the beginning, Right, we're switching formations. Yep. Once we played three center backs, you know, the other games we played four in the back. Sadich is starting every game. Why? Why is Sadich starting every game? Yeah. Why? Right? Um, well, we talked about that over and over again. <laughs> okay, so let's go to page two. Yeah. Page two is where we start to hit some adversity, right? So we get another win in our fifth game. Uh, I think that's against D.C., um, but I believe in that game, that's where Alonzo gets injured for his season-ending end- injury. Right. And in this game, this, the new starters are Almato, who, of course, is now ready. He wasn't ready at the beginning yeah. of the season. Jake Mulraney starts. Did you know that? Oh, he wow. starts in that game, and Moreno starts in that Ooh. game. So the front line is completely changed, and now Hernandez is gone, and Lennon is back to right back, right? Um Campbell's in for Robinson, although Robinson was red carded in the previous game. So that was a forced change. Yeah. But you've already, you know, some of these changes are not forced. Yeah. Right. right. And Sadich is now gone. Right. For one game, although he comes back. So yeah. keep going. No. And in, in that DC United game, that was the last we saw of Joseph Martinez for the next eight weeks because he went in for his procedure um, after the D.C. United win. So we lost Alonzo, lost Martinez for eight weeks. Um, So Alonzo was gone in the fifth game, right? And then Martinez is gone by the eighth game. No, Martinez is gone after the fifth game as well. Oh. Okay. Okay, so, so, all right. So we did have those sort of two injuries at once. But I think if anybody had told you, if you told me that Alonzo was going to be the key to the start, I would say no, because I would have said Sosa is the key to starting it, whatever. And to be honest, Alonzo goes out in the fifth game and it's the seventh game that Sosa starts. Right. So there's only one game in between that we were so lost without, you know, (laughs) without Alonzo or whatever. Right. Um, and there's only now one game for one game without Martinez. They were like, what are we going to do? Right. And they played Dwyer as the starter before Cisneros takes over. Yeah. Right. So one of the things you'll notice is that when they're the big injuries, the replacements coming very quickly, yeah. only one game in between. Well, the eighth game here, Guzan goes down for the season as right. well. So right. Alonzo Martinez in the fi- after the fifth game are out. Uh, and then Guzan in the uh, the seventh here, or after the eighth. 
Yeah, so Sadich comes back. Moreno is now starting every game. Almada is there, but Dwyer goes to the bench. Cisneros comes in. No, you know, Lennon's to the right back. Hernandez is out. Wiley comes in as a left midfielder, yeah. right? I mean, this is, a, you know, a lot, a lot of changes. And you're like, um, you know, he's claiming they're all forced, but they're not, right? Moreno was yeah. available that whole time before he started starting every game. He could have been in there. Yeah. Um, and Sadich has now come back, and you're like, how many games is Sadich going to start? Yeah. <laughs> so then we then we go to the, the next set of four games here. Yeah, so that, that game, the first replacement, when Guzan goes out, we don't have any replacement, right? So right. Shuttleworth goes right yeah. in. He's he was our and backup. He's just not good, and that 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 was obviously a, a big blow at, at goalkeeper, right? We had Rios Novos at that point. We did not have Gudinho um, hired yet. They went out immediately looking for him, right? Um, and took a little bit of time. I don't know. So Shuttleworth plays five games in a row. Right. Um, Rios Novo was available right after that. You know, he immediately came in the backup. But Gudinho was, I think, available there. It was weeks before Gudinho was there before he was put in. It was like, it was four or five, maybe six games before we ever, ever got to see him. At least. Maybe even longer. Yeah, at least six. And now, you know, if you look at the lineup, Josetu is now still starting every game. Cisneros is in every game. Dwyer is nowhere to be seen anymore. Moreno is now starting every game. And suddenly, Ibarra shows up. Araujo is back healthy, so he's coming there. So it's Almada, right? Um, And Lennon is still at the right back. I think at this point, Hernandez was actually injured. But, um, you know, George Campbell, who was the starter, he's available for this whole thing, right? But it was started out with Campbell, and now it's Franco and Robinson. That's a change that wasn't forced. You yep. know, Campbell was there the whole time. So, so yeah, Miles then goes out for the season, I think, in the <clears throat> the, the second game of this this uh, set of games here that we're mm-hmm. looking at on the slide. Um, obviously, that's a huge loss, Um you know, and at this point, you know, you are feeling a little empathy for for Pineda, diversity for sure. Um, but we're seeing the emergence of Cisneros, which did look really good here at the moment because I think he had like a hat trick. Um, Cisneros four goals in six games, right? Yeah. But th- he only scored in two of those six games. One was a hat trick, had a phenomenal, mm-hmm. good good run in that game, right? And so, one great game, one great. <laughs> basically, that that's the insight here. Is that's it? It's yeah. it's an outlier, right? And it's an outlier that Pineda rides to the end of the season. Is a bit of the Eros Compoyo here uh, that's that's coming as we watch this compile, right? And so. Look, we've lost our goalkeeper. We've lost Alonzo. We lost Miles, right? Like, there's some shit in the back that needs to be sorted out. I, I, I hear you. But the rest of the team, Dave, is, is relatively intact. There's yeah, Nick, and Sadich has suddenly and, disappeared, and now it's Josetu and Ibarra yeah. who are the, you know, the king and the queen right. of the midfield, right? Yeah. Um, why, right? If Sadich was so good, why did he go to the bench? And then if if if... He should have gone to the bench, and those guys were so good. Why does Sadich reappear again? Yeah, <laughs> right as the season goes on. What? Why? What? What's going on now? You have Josetu and Ibarra for all these games, and it was a little bit consistent through that period. But if you notice, for all of his, you know, outside back, blah 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 blah. You know, at the end of this game, um, you know, what game are we in the season here? Right, we're in like 
this is the third page, right? Yeah. So this is the 12th, 11, 12. right? So the 12th game, and it's still Lennon and Goodman on the outside, right? So all yeah. of his, like, oh, we had the outside backs, you know, because everybody was hurt, right? During this time where we had some adversity, we still got, you know, Lennon and Goodman, right? It's not like we yeah. had, you know, the other guys. So keep yep. going. So, yeah, we go into the next stretch of games. Um, Sis. Cisneros is goalless after another three starts. So he's uh, obviously plugged in because we don't have a striker without Joseph. He's still coming back. But Joseph returns finally somewhere during this stretch, um, returns eight weeks later. So, um, you know, and then he starts two of the next three games and gets one goal, which, hey, you know, from coming back from procedure, you know, Maybe, yeah, so maybe. 13, he's back, right? So yep. he, so game 13, he was back. He was out for f- at game five, right? Yeah. So he wasn't really gone that long, right? Um, yep. And during that time when he first went out, Araujo was gone, but then Araujo was back, right? Yep. So, you know, and Almada wasn't there at the very beginning. So even when Martinez went out and it was so devastating, whatever, right? You still had Araujo, Moreno, Almada. You had three of Mama, right? That should be enough to score goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Designated players, for the most part, you had them to pick from throughout the season. Right. Um, and in game 13, Sadich just back again. Abara, yeah. you know, on the bench, right? And, and when does Almada emerge on the scene? Amada was in there from like the fifth game. Okay, because he um, had like a suspension, right, for rent or something. No, he, no, it was the transfer. Else? It was oh, okay. the yeah. transfer. It was going through, and he Got had to go it. back to get like yeah, you know, card sort. He, he actually had to be be a legal employee before yeah. he could even Got do it. the paperwork. So once they finally decided to employ him, he had to fly back to Argentina, do all the stuff. So there was a you know. Four-game kind of delay there that was happening. All right. So in game 13, we're now stuck with um, Wiley and McFadden. 13, 14, those are the outside box, those games. Um, 15, um, 16, they're still there, right? But in game 16, Parada makes the first start, right? So again, what, you know, you're talking about, we yes, we had injuries, right? But typically the club within two or three games found the replacement. Yeah. Right. And they were there, right? Goudinho was was there pretty quick. Yeah, Goudinho was there. So Rios Novo is still starting all of these games. So Rios Novo is starting all these games um, through 16, 13, 14, 15, and 16. But um, we should see. And we won't recap the statistics on... Rios Nova is being too short to be a professional goalkeeper. But if Pineda is a data-driven coach, then he should have known that he should have given Goudinho a chance, especially since you've seen him tinkering so much. Didn't give Goudinho a chance. Okay, so I will, I'll have to say, so we can see on the substitute bench that Goudinho shows up at game 13. He's on the substitute bench at game 13, people, right? So game 12, I think, is when Rios Novo first starts. Is that true? that sounds right. Uh, Let me just double-check that. Yeah, because I was like, uh, yeah, I remember. No, it's. I almost expected to see Goudinho from, like, the minute he was in the locker room. Right, exactly. show, Show up on the field. So Rios Novo actually played one, two, three, 
He played four games until Godinho shows up okay. on the on the bench. Yeah, right? I remember it was a little little lag there. Yeah. So there was a little bit of a lag, but not much. Again, you know, the club club showing that they were really responsive. The fourth game yeah. is when Godinho starts on the and bench. By, and by responsive, who do we mean? Like that's actually Boca and uh, what's what's the other recruiter, the scout, um, uh, U.S. men's national yeah, team know. player. Oh, you're talking about um, who everybody wants fired right now as well. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Spector. Jonathan Spector. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so, but Rios Novos plays 13, 14, 15, 16, Right, these are all games when Godinho is there, and he continues to play seventeen, eighteen. 19, 20, he's still starting, right? And just to give you a sense of, of where we're at, let me keep going for a second. So 20, uh, let's see. And then 21 is where Godinho starts, right? Okay. So Godinho shows up at match 13 and doesn't start until 21, right? So we're talking about seven matches. He's stuck with Rios Novo, right, when he had Godinho... Obviously, ready to go. We're sitting yeah. on the bench, ready to go. Um, so, what what set of games is this that we're starting with here? What page are we on? I think we're on seventeen. This 17, is starts 18, with the seventeenth game here. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So Joseph comes back. Has Joseph one goal in the next two starts, but he's dropped for Cisneros, who scores a brace. And in this stretch right here, it's actually the last time you'll see Cisneros as a pure striker. You'll see him start forward for a huge stretch here uh, of the season. But this is the last time he got to, to be up front. So it's a combination of Martinez and I think Dom Dwyer. That yeah, so you skipped starts. ahead a little bit because you, okay. you skipped one. I was just a little, that's why I was a little bit confused while I was following you, right? Okay. Because Joseph Martinez is there and then Cisneros shows up. Um, yeah, I think that's um, Go back 18, side. right? Match 18. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Dave. You've got me confused now. Yeah. It's I my, shouldn't have my skipped ahead for It's my you, presentation. Right? But, uh, you know, at, at this this point, right, I, I just looking at the way that things flowed, to me it was it was clear since Joseph has come back, he's had – you know, some success in, in the games he's had scoring some goals. Um, Cisneros uh, had had this brace, right, which, again, was like a canary in the coal mine kind of moment of, uh, and it's probably the wrong terminology, but it, it gave hope that he could still get it done. And so I feel like Pineda just lost trust in Joseph at this point in the season um, and, and decided in his head to run with Cisneros as somebody who is going to be a consistent player on the field that was going to be able to get goals. I don't know. Do you agree with that, Dave? Or Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. So, like. so then we go forward here, and um, Cisneros has five starts after that, that, that set of game, including the next one, next game on the next slide, right? And, uh, and one goal out of all five of those starts, right? Uh, as he was at a, as a right forward, I think, most of that time. Uh, Joseph got three starts and one goal um, in the in Joseph's goal was in the next uh, next slide. But, you know, none of this was really building confidence right in Joseph to get back with any sort of consistency uh, coming off like a procedure. I mean, I feel like, again, this is where when you look at the slides here and you look at the lineups, 
Pinade is constantly tinkering with you've got Joseph back. Like you've had him back at this point for, for weeks. Um, and you're not setting the players up around him in a consistent way so that he can just build the confidence engine. That is Joseph Martinez, at least give him this season to prove himself. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, he's putting his trust in Cisneros, right? And you're seeing a fade of trust in Moreno in this stretch of the season too. So you're starting to see still just blindly trusting Cisneros, um, who's playing a you know, duplicate position for Moreno in my position, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so why not? Why is Moreno not on the field more consistently here versus Cisneros, in my opinion? But that's some of the stuff that just was jumping out to me as I started to run through the formations. And, yeah, and, and right lines. away, I mean, you don't, with all of his talk of, you know, Wiley and McFadden, right? And Gutman and Lennon are back. Right, Sosa is now starting, right? Um, you know, Sadich shows up again, and now he's playing, you know, for a while he plays Wiley out as a, yeah. as a left midfielder in front of him, right? I mean, the number of combinations, right? And Parata was at a right back before Parata goes to a center back, right? Abara comes back after being Josette with him for a while, yeah. right? And you're like... Um, it's a different whether we're you know it's a different formation each time and it's a different um, set of players each time and and he blames this on all the injuries injuries oh in the press conference as we said it's, right. he's like constant changing and like no like this was the problem like look I ha- I had empathy for you three slides ago or yeah. two slides ago even right but you got to sort it out fast and you got to stick with what a good coach should be able to identify as the problems and then build the confidence of a striker who clearly still has it. If we go to a guy who has the goal of the year at the end here, but um, if if we go forward here, right, you know, I find it uh, interesting, right? So Joseph starts and scores um, and never starts again all season, Dave. How many more games do we have left at this point, Carmen? Jump. So, one, two, three. Just go ahead and jump. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Doesn't start for the remaining nine games of the season. So, yeah, jump back to to there. Okay. So, and then Cisneros has started 15 of the last 16 games with only three goals, right? Moreno is totally dropped out of favor at this point with Pineda. Um, Tessa Barra and ultimately ultimately commits to Amar Sadik at this point. You see a complete commitment to Amar Sadik over Moreno. I mean, yeah. we talked about that on the podcast, but like when you look at this, like it really jumps out, out at you. Um, and, and, you know, at this point, this is when I think you and I really were losing uh, the, the plot with Pineda on what he was doing to even give this team a yeah, we bloody chance to make the playoffs. We couldn't stop people from scoring, even though he had adequately, re- they had adequately replaced Robinson with Parata, right? And we still always had the entire time we had George Campbell. So we had two of our center backs, right? Gutman and Lennon are back. And Hernandez was back at this point too, just yep. sitting on the bench, right? So And Sosa was playing all the time, right? So the defense shouldn't have been giving up that many goals. And throughout the entire time, you know, even when Martinez went down, right, you had three out of the four, Mama. And yep. then as soon as Martinez showed 
shows back up. You had all four of them, Mama, and, and we still couldn't score. And do you remember the Hernandez injury uh, time frame? Was he out for a huge part of the season? No, it wasn't that long. He because, was sitting on the bench. So it's clear that he finally figured it out at the end of the season that Hernandez is a really good defender right back, which you and I said that from the beginning of the season, that's who we wanted to see as our right back is Ronald Hernandez. This guy just is slow. He's slow. And maybe you should have asked some people that knew uh, who the best damn players are, right? Yeah. Gutman, like we quick, quickly agree. Excellent left back, good defender. Ronald Hernandez, good right back defender. Yeah. I, like, you don't start McFadden, right? If you've got Hernandez, that's for sure. I don't know if in that stretch we had Hernandez, but yeah, I, Hernandez is back. We sure sitting as, on the bench. Sure yeah. as hell should have had him in over McFadden, some kid. We got a Venezuelan, you know, starter for the national team. What's well, he, he had Lennon in? He had Lennon in at this point. Lennon's, Why? Lennon's back, right? And he has Lennon in. Um, it's it's all backwards, man. Uh, yeah, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's keep going, Carmen. All right. So now we've got Cisneros, who started nineteen of twenty games, um, but since his hat trick, he's only had four goals. Um, look, that's a recipe. For a lot of frustration. Yeah, you can see in this first game, the 2-1 loss, right? That on yeah. the if you scroll down to the bench, Ronald Hernandez is on the bench here, right? Yeah. So you can see. I mean, puts Dom Dwyer in. You know, again, you've got Moreno on the bench, man. And it's just like, why did you put all this trust in Cisneros and not for trust? For a team that's not scoring goals. For a team exactly. that's not scoring goals, yeah. and you have all this money in Joseph Martinez, over $4 million a year. Moreno, who, you know, started off as a designated player. I don't think he is anymore, but, like, I feel like he still is in that caliber. Yeah. Like, he's – how is he not starting and you're just – putting all this trust in this Cisneros guy. Well, he keeps saying that, you know, just like I said in that press conference, right, that it's all about the balance and you can't accommodate both Almada and Moreno in the same thing. And all it says is that it's not that you can't accommodate, it's that he can't figure out how to accommodate, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and how to, you That's know. That's a great point. And, <laughs> right. and so then, like, you're going to start Dom Dwyer, okay? Right. And all these people are like, well, Joseph Martinez does can't play 90 minutes anymore. Oh, well, Dom Dwyer can. Yeah. Like, we talking about that from the, the yeah. get-go, right? Like, fine, you proved me wrong, Dave. He can come in and sub and, and actually <laughs> score, okay? Yeah. Uh, you were right. And but then I said, as a, a starter, he'll never score. As, and a start, as, a, you said as soon if, as he was starting, he never scored. Yeah, so why would you do because that? Because he's, you know, you're, and you're like, okay, well, he's playing more minutes as a starter. How could he not score when he was scoring off the bench? And the reason is, Dom Dwyer at his age is still physical and fast against a tired back four. Yeah. He is not physical and fast against a starting team. And so he is totally ineffective against a starting team. He's effective coming off the bench because everybody's a little bit tired and he can still use his physicality. Yeah. Right? So it's just not appreciating yeah. why he's succeeding. And by the way, for people saying that, oh, well, that's why Joseph is successful to no, because Joseph never plays that aggressive style. Yes, no. he's a poacher. He's mm. got composure. Right. He knows where to be at the right time if you have a And he scored goals while he was starting. Not yeah. not tons, but the team wasn't scoring a lot. Yeah. And he scored about consistently off the bench as he was yeah. starting, right? Um, yeah. Can somebody remind me, what is Pineda 
telling us about the decision with Joseph? Like, why is he not? St- Does he tell us anything? No, no one. Any of this? No, and even towards the end of the, the press conference before the last game of the season, which we'll get to, he's still playing coy. With well, are you, are you going to start Joseph Martinez? I don't know. We'll see. Game time decision. He says it's tactical, right? Right. He yeah. says it's nothing against tactical. Joseph. Joseph's a good enough you know player, but I've made this this tough decision to have the balanced team, and Joseph is not in that, right? And I think it's because you know he thinks that he's still trying to coach us as a pressing team. We never pressed all year with Joseph, without Joseph, right. with Dom Dwyer. We yeah. never turned the ball over for people up the field at all. No. Right? Um, I know they talk statistically. <coughs> he gives these BS statistics that we, that, that, that um, you know, technically we turned the ball over and we were in their box a lot, right? But it just doesn't pass the smell test. If you watch game after game after game, there were no times when we actually, they were trying to play out of the back and we actually intercepted and recycled. It just yep. didn't happen, right? So, I mean, we talked about it all the time because the few times that we ever saw it, right, we highlighted it because yep. it basically led to a goal every time, right? I mean, and so... You know, sometimes the statistics can be misleading, yeah. right? You know, people always talk, we talked all season about how Lennon was, you know, the one of the top creators, uh, you know, in the whole league, right? It's because he had all these dangerous crosses. You know, meanwhile, how many of those crosses led to a goal? One. One. Right? Yeah. So, and then you're like, well, that's not his fault. And you're like, yes, it is. I mean, it's the team's fault, right? Because you can't have a guy swinging in crosses when there's nobody in the box, yeah. right? That just doesn't make sense. It's just a disconnect. You have a players, two players who are incompatible. I mean, he's talking about incompatibility, but that's a real incompatibility, yeah. right? There's no real incompatibility with Moreno and Almada. You just have to figure yeah. it out. So he stopped. He'd stop trusting Joseph, obviously, in this last stretch to give him the start. And Moreno. And Moreno. Gone. <laughs> yet he's leaning in on Cisneros and Amar Sedic. Let's just call And Dom Dwyer. And Dom Dwyer. And that is a recipe in the t- after the Timbers game for Joseph Martinez to rightfully flip a table of Aris yeah. Campoyo. If you take any other coach in the league and you ask them, you say, okay, let's you look at Atlanta United and you tell me you can have Moreno, Martinez, Dwyer, or Cisneros. Who are they going to pick? I mean, it's as simple as that. Dan. It really <laughs> is. Like any, like you think Curtin could the coach of the year could figure this one out? I think he could. I bet he could. Right? He'd be yeah. like, "Look, we'll figure out the relationship side thing. Maybe I should talk to Joseph." And in fairness, if you're a coach like that, you say, "All right, well, here's the problem, right?" Because Dwyer and Cisneros can so-called press, right? Whereas Martinez is, you know, a little bit older and doesn't really press. And Moreno is inconsistent or press, right? So you say, look, if you're going to press, you need those guys. But the bottom line is, if you have those guys, play the better guys and don't press. Yeah. Right? You know, you need a system that actually suits your players. If you have Messi on the field and you say that Messi can't press... Are you going to bench him, yeah. right? Or are you going to say, let's do something else where Messi can be on the yeah. field? And and meanwhile, right? yeah. and meanwhile, yeah. we've got Almada, who's just cooking at this point. Yeah. In terms of all classes, the reason he was the MLS Newcomer of the Year, yes, <laughs> the only nice thing, but, um, yes. you know, and, and that was very much because the players 
and the clubs recognize like this dude is just talented, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but how many and, times did we see Almada when he was finally cooking slip a ball to Cisneros or Dwyer who were not on the same page or couldn't finish or whatever? Right, right. And the problem is Almada is built to do that. You know, running and slipping. He makes great decisions. He slips the ball beautifully, yeah. right? And the guys who he's slipping to the ball with are not not moving off the ball. They're not running and because they're just waiting to press. That's yeah. what we do. We're athletic. We press, right? But they don't have good movement off the ball, whereas Moreno does. Martinez does. Like, and, come on. And, like, especially this this point of the season, right, where we've had a shitty season, you can still make a push to the MLS Cup because of the weird system that we have. That's just a playoff system, right? Right. So, right now, we've got everybody. We've got Mama, Right. right. Uh, Moreno, Araujo, Martinez, and Almada. You've got Lennon back, who can now, in my mind, just be a right-back um, option behind Ronald Hernandez's fullback, as long as you tell Lennon, if you go in, you're going to play fullback. You're not going to play attacking winger, mm. right? Ronald Hernandez is the starter. Sorry, Lennon, you're a great player. We're going to put you back there. Moreno's going to be in front as a forward, right? Right. Um, you know, and... It's, yeah, to me, like it was all there with the the chess pieces toward this last uh, several games of the season for us to to make make that comeback that never happened, particularly. Yeah. yeah. So then we go to the next slide. So Sadich appears again, yeah. and suddenly Abara disappears. Yep. And right, Hosetu. even though he wasn't hurt, Josetu came back and just sat the. He was injured for a little bit, but yep. he's back at this point. He's just sitting the bench, right? And so again, you know, is it? The injuries, or is it he just couldn't figure out what to do, right? Because even when they came back and they're no longer injured, he's still switching it up and has, you know, no idea. It's a switch every time. And you get into this last four games, and now suddenly Lennon, who was starting over Hernandez at right back, is now pushed up on the wing, and Hernandez is back, right? Although he doesn't even stick with that in the end. He switches that in the last two games. You're like... And so after that... Flipping of the rice, right? We didn't see Joseph start um, for even before that. Um, And we didn't all the way to the very last game of the season, (laughs) even after, you know, he had one of the most remarkable goals. um, And, you know, you don't start him against against the home crowd for the last game of the season that, look, I think Joseph's going to be here next year which is also tragic because Moreno and he obviously have a broken relationship. I don't know how we're going to export them. Pineda, we, you mean? Uh, Pineda. Moreno's going to be here too. Pineda's going to be here too, but I also think uh, Joseph is as well. You, um, do? okay. you don't score a goal like that, Dave, unless you still got it, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, you don't. Yeah. You don't score a goal like that unless you still got it. And like I said, he bet on Cisneros and and um, uh, a and he bet on Rios for some like weird reasons. And yet he's now got this battle. It's like he watched all or nothing Arsenal too much and Aubameyang being exiled from Arsenal because uh, Mikel Arteta is actually a good coach and, right. and knows when you've got to show who's boss or 10, uh, um, uh, who's the new man you coach? Ten Hag, Ten Hag uh, you know, shows Ronaldo who's boss, yeah. right? No. Like, I feel like Pineda was trying to do that with Joseph in some way and miserably failed because he was wrong. Yep. 
I mean, but you look at those decisions that those guys make, like Ten Hag, you know, our Manchester United, Carmen and I are Manchester United fans, so maybe mm. you can correct me if I'm wrong, Carmen, but, um, you know, um, Cristiano Ronaldo, some people might, you know, compare and say, all right, well, Joseph Martinez is like Cristiano Ronaldo. He was really, really great. He's a club legend, but maybe he's lost a step. He doesn't press. He doesn't fit the system, right? But here's the thing. So first of all, <laughs> Ten Hag completely changed his system to fit this players. They're much more counterattack. They're aggressive, whatever. And But the thing that's so different, right, if you're Ten Hag, right, you have Sancho and you have Rashford and you have Alanga, right? Anthony. And you have Anthony, right? And so you're not benching Cristiano Ronaldo for Cisneros and Dwyer. Level, right? right? <laughs> so you can afford to make that critical decision because, to be honest with you, those guys are better players than than Ronaldo is right now Thank for you. this team or whatever, right? And... Um, you know, but I just don't see that with with Martinez. That the level of difference is so big, and Martinez is not. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo's thirty nine, right? Joseph Martinez is twenty nine, right? I know he's coming off an and, ACL, but he's not done. Well, that's the whole point of the presentation. He never, after that recovery, after his procedure ever gave him a consistent chance, not only with himself yeah. starting, yeah. but also a lineup behind him that was designed to run through, Al not only him, because the team isn't doesn't even have to be Joseph Martinez anymore. At this point in the season, Dave, it's Almada, it's Moreno, Ujo, and Martinez. It's Mama that it always should have been, was totally available. It's killing me that we didn't see him play our talent, our strength, Dave, which was those top four. Yep. And the other thing just that I, don't get it wrong in the back. The other thing that I think that happened. So one thing, you know, when he sort of first benched Martinez after he came back, he scored one goal in three games and then he sort of moved into the bench. Right. That lit a fire under Martinez. Clearly you could see it after he got benched his first substitute appearance he had a little bit more burst to him, apparently. Yeah. He was trying to prove to Pineda that he could go 90 minutes. He was doing two-a-day practices, yeah. right? And Pineda, instead of saying, okay, I sent the message, he got it, and now he's back, and put him right back in the lineup, he held the grudge and is like, no, Martinez is you know, done or whatever. And then he couldn't see, even though he was putting him in last 20 minutes and he was scoring almost every time, yeah. right? <laughs> like, okay, that means he's ready. He's, you know, I... I I'm okay or even good with Pineda making a key call to say, look, you know, you're kind of going through the motions. Maybe you're a little bit out of shape. Like you're not quite whatever. He sent the message. The message worked. And then instead of seeing it, he just, he held the grudge and blew it. Yeah. Boy, he held the grudge. Yeah. And then he, it's not even like, I think you can kind of tell maybe this is just me guessing, but Moreno seems like kind of a, maybe a passive person in <laughs> yes. his personality out I, I, I would bet. Yeah. And and so I wish he had a little Martinez in him because boy, Moreno or Pineda treated him wrong towards the end of the season. Yes, he did. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's it's incredible that um you know and and it's, it's just He benched him when he was the leading scorer on the team. Yeah. And you're like, "Okay, why?" Yeah. What for? I know. And then that awful explanation he gave for yes. sitting out. Just, oh, 
so but he's incompatible with Almada. I mean, two guys who can pass the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see it actually. The last, um, the last two games, certainly the last game. I mean, he finally. I think it's in the last game that he brings Moreno off the bench for the last thirty minutes. And I mean, he was dominating the game. Yeah. Right. And he was spraying the ball around. He's moving or whatever. And again, you know, I do think that Moreno at one point he had played all those minutes in a row. And I think he was a little tired. Maybe he yeah. went through a little lull in his form. Right. And it was fine. You know, first of all, he should have been rotated a little bit, you know, right. and He's it's fine hurt. to take a guy and say, look, you're going to put you on the bench for a game just to reset you a little bit or whatever, but you still have to recognize that he's talented and mm -hmm. whatever, and then put him back, right? You don't just send him out to Siberia, right? I mean, yeah. And all over the place. All over the place. I mean, absolutely all over the place. His He clearly, you know, the his opinions of the players had such wild swings right and that is not on the injuries that is when people were available he still had no idea who he thought was the best team and what was the strategy that his team was going to employ and what was the formation and it's just flailing but again like average joe should know like you said moreno is more talented than and Marcetic, right? Right. Joseph Martinez <laughs> is more talented than Cisneros, right? Like all day long. Right. Like any coach is going to say that, right? So yep. when you have a moment to create consistency, you do that. Oh, and by the way, you know, Rios Novos at 5'10", when you had Gudinho during that stretch too, also very important. So these are like the simple mistakes that just... Kept yeah, honestly, with all the crap that he pulled all season, if he had simply inserted Godinho into the lineup the moment he was ready, we make the playoffs. Yeah. For sure. I mean, For not sure. even close. That's we so would have made it easily, right? That Rios-Novo run, those seven games or whatever that he played him when Godinho was available, right, that cost us the season. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and I didn't mean this presentation to be a knock on Cisneros. The guy just shouldn't have started 19 to 20 games. No. That's the, that's the problem. And it's some sort of consistency of him being on the bench, coming in as somebody who can score in, in any given game a brace or a hat trick, right? He's got that kind of physical capability, but you have to know when that moment is. And it, the starter was Joseph Martinez. The starter was Moreno, and he didn't make that. Or honestly, even if you're so down on Joseph Martinez, right, you play a, some kind of false nine with Almada or Araujo or Moreno as the start, right. the false nine, and you play the other guys behind him. Right. Why Cisneros? Right. right? Because even if you're down on Martinez, you shouldn't be down on Moreno and Araujo, right? And yeah. I know Araujo started all these matches, but why not play one of them right. as a false nine, right? right? Why Cisneros? Yeah. Right? You could even argue, right? You know, I mean, Wiley disappeared. Wiley was playing, playing, right. playing, and yes. then disappeared, right? You could say, all right, you want the activity of the the width or whatever. Why not Wiley with, you know, uh, Araujo, Moreno, and Almada, and no Martinez, right? Yep. No problem, right? But, but <laughs> you know... I, I don't I don't I don't get it right and Cisneros again looked to me a lot like Dwyer which is you know late in games he's got a little bit of pace and you know people are tired right it can be pretty good but you know leading the line I mean he just 
would disappear, right? right? And and yeah. um, and not just you know there are teen times when Martinez disappears too, right? But Martinez disappears and then has that killer instinct and score a goal for you. Cisneros disappears and disappears, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, like um, yeah, I, I don't know. So don't know how how do we want to take the agenda here, Dave? You want to talk some MLS playoffs now that we're in the thick of it? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, did you catch the uh, the um, um, the El derby Tra- between the, the El Trafico, the El Trafico El Galaxy yeah. against LAFC. Yeah, I think it was it was at <laughs> LAFC, correct? Correct. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, score was three to two. LAFC. LAFC scored in the first half. Yeah. Galaxy equalized right before halftime. LAFC scored in the seventieth minute. Yeah. Right. Galaxy equalized somewhere in the 80, 85th minute. And LAFC scored to win it in the 95th, 94th. Yeah. 90, oh, it's like 94th, so 95th minute, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if anybody says, you know, if you ask the, the more generic question, how is MLS doing, right? You watch yeah. that match. The crowd was on fire. The soccer was terrific, yeah. right? It was a track. I mean, there was the whole deal. Oh, it was fantastic. Random highlights with yeah. Owen Wilson just, like, popping up. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Celebrities <laughs> in the crowd. I didn't, I didn't watch the full game. But I did watch the the YouTube highlights. Yeah. I was I was already kind of annoyed and almost like I don't know. I get these weird things where I start rooting for LA Galaxy out of the gates because of the Yasiel Puig mm-hmm. kind of moment where he gets fouled and then he gets up and he gets in the guy's face and maybe like nods his head forward a little bit and then yeah. that guy does a total like what everyone does like I'm gonna fake like I got hit in the face like to get a red card and yep. change it. And in those situations, I'd actually rather see it go the other way. I know everyone disagrees with me that that's a red card. You can't have any violent conduct and push your head towards a player. If you are going to fake like that you got hit in the head <laughs> and you have instant replay, it's embarrassing. It's a mockery to soccer yeah. that these guys can get away with acting yeah. when it's all seen on video. It's like that guy's yeah. acting, right? Yeah. He's trying to change the game to get a red card for – a, you know, he also in, in instigated the entire thing. Puy yeah. ha- had a reason to be upset. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, was, yep. a, was a little stupid and young by doing what he did. But I'd actually rather see it go the other way. I'd rather see like a orange card to <laughs> the, the, the orange the, the, Whatever that is. Oh. Yeah, what is like, that, Mikey it, Dobbs? Do tell. It's a yellow card with a bad fine. Oh, okay. It would be a new card that I would oh, introduce, yeah. right? Watch, a, 10 years from now, there will have an orange card because Mikey Dobbs <laughs> just proposed. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the same thing as a yellow card, I guess, in terms of consequences in that game. And So why can't, you know, like, I mean, I get in the heat of the moment, you know, I think, you know, you keep the games. I... I'm hesitant to say that he should get sent off there for the acting because yeah. that's, you know, changes the game dynamic. But why not the league can review that on the replay and say, look, that was clear acting and you're suspended for one game. Yeah. Right. And that, that doesn't mean that you have to play a man down or anything. It just takes that yeah. player and you send the message. We don't well, we don't buy acting. I, mm. I like that idea of like VAR. And again, this is I, I wrote this thing up like on some principles of like VAR. Right. Like when it's clear, right, that no one gets touched, right? Like the the, the video shows like Chicharito, even in that, in a, so I'm like not a homer for LA Galaxy. I don't even like right. LA Galaxy. But like a couple <laughs> games ago, Chicharito like did yeah. a whole acting job too. Uh, and yes. was like yes. flailing uh, about. So embarrassing, <laughs> making, a mock, making a mockery of the league and everything. And you should be able to review that and they should be, have a s- substantial fine, right, for the player who did that. 
It should be a one game suspension. And then a suspension. Yeah. Make it, yeah. I mean, make I it think, hurt. Make yeah, it hurt. It hurts the you, team. Like right now, they're all incentivized to act. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you got to take that out. I don't think, you know, so when you're red card, you get a two game suspension. I think that, you know. No, it's just one game suspension. Yeah, well, it depends on whether it's violent or not. But, right, I think yeah. like a bad one it mm. might be, but a regular red card. A red card, you're off, and then you also get the suspension. But if you, Correct, you're all out that but game. But if VAR did game. it, so to speak, you know, if the league reviewed it or whatever, you would just miss one game. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And your team would have time to plan for it, whatever, because they would know. Yeah. You'd be like, stop acting. So that was a problem with it. Stop back. That was a, a super, <laughs> super good. Outside of that little drama, it was an excellent game. Every, oh, every, everything yeah, you nice. want from playoff soccer. Uh, sure. I, I talked to a friend that's the in goalkeeping. That, wasn't good. Uh, yeah. Not, not in that game, but no. the other playoff games, the goalkeeping. Yeah. Cause yeah, there was, that a, one not there was like a near post goal. that was pretty well, but on at least two of the goals, it was spilled by the goalkeeper. And I felt like they should have held on to it. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't yeah. the world's hardest save. But all the top seeds have advanced, right? Yeah. So right. LAFC, Philadelphia is still alive. Austin's yeah. still alive. Uh, New York City FC is still alive. Yeah. Well, of course, NYFC gets to play on their little midget field. <laughs> and statistically, I was saying, like, maybe yeah. you should get in touch with the guys from uh, Freakonomics ah. and have them look like at the it. data and say, is this cheating? Because... If it's such an anomaly that... So Freakonomics guys will write, write a book, whatever, but 538 is a statistically-based website that yeah. does take questions, and we could write that to them. I can do that. All right. I would See love that. That, that would be... Is it cheating? Is it cheating? I think the answer is yes. Statistically speaking, it's such an outlier. Right, it's an outlier. It, at home, right, you know, so home teams in MLS do really well in general, but they're such an outlier in their home field that yeah. it's got... It basically has to be considered cheating. Yeah, it's... A, it's Fair. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I like it, Mike. Yeah. Dad. Pose the is. question. Help us prove yeah. this is cheating. Don't ask if it's yeah. cheating. Say, prove this is cheating. Right. Okay. I like I that. Like it. We can do it. We can do that. So then there was the uh, Texas Derby, right? Between Austin mm. and Dallas. I yeah. don't know. I'm just glad Austin won because I like Austin as a city over Dallas. That's about a, as much of a horse in that game as I Josh have. Josh Wolf. Yeah. And Josh yeah, Wolf. Josh Wolf. Yeah. Josh Wolf is coaching. Excellent. He put a hurting on Atlanta United, too. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. I yeah. didn't know his other son plays for him. Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. I Tyler Will sort of plays for us. Kind of, sort of, kind of. He started the opening game of the season. Yes. He's on, loan, he's on, loan, he's yeah. on loan somewhere. I don't yeah, know. they loaned him to uh, one of the lower sides, right? Um, what else? Uh, so, yeah, then, yeah, NYFC um, over Montreal, right? That's who they beat. Yes, mm-hmm. that was at home. Yeah, the advantage. final, the yeah. run final. Montreal, who won all those games and got all the playoff with a yeah. goal differential of like what, like plus two or something. Right. <laughs> like right. They, they, statistically speaking, Montreal was the outlier, yeah. right? So a little bit of sunshine in the the podcast for Atlanta United fans. I don't know if you've been watching Newcastle lately, but our yes. our boy Miggy has been. Uh, Really playing well. Well, the thing I love about it is not just that Miggy Amarone is going to be the Premier League player of the month. Yeah. But that it started 
during it during Darren the Manchester. Eels. No, 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 no. <laughs> Darren Eels shows up and he all of a sudden starts. Oh well, that too. no, but it started. I don't know if you know this story, but it started with the Manchester City celebration parade. Oh. Do you know this? I no. do not. No. So no. the cameras caught Grealish. Yeah, Jack Grealish. He was talking to one of the other. I can't remember who he was talking to, but um, he was talking to one of the other Man City players and. Uh, he was like, "You're all party and substance or whatever. You're not. You're not. You're all like talk and no substance, and you're partying like Al Marone. And he was caught Whoa. voicing <gasps> this. How dare That's he? what he said, and it got out, and everybody tweeted about it. And now Al Marone is like, whatever. You know, because like, yeah, the whole thing is that Al yeah. Marone is this great player. He dribbles or whatever, but he, he's so ineffective. He never scores. Yeah. He never, you know, assists. Yeah. And I would argue that." Al Marone, uh, what the problem was, they had this team where they would have two banks of four and then they would have only Al Marone going forward and yeah. he was attacking one versus five. Yeah, as soon as Newcastle got up the field a little bit, got a little better players and are now not sitting back and parking the bus, Al Marone can score, of yeah. course. And we know that. Yeah. Because right? we've seen him score. And, and he's, he's been... had some fabulous goals too. So really Al can. Marone, five goals. Grealish. Goose egg. It's all full. It's all <laughs> Suck full, it, Grealish. Full, full <laughs> Grealish has only started like two games. He's done nothing. He has no assists. No, I mean, he's been awful. Yeah, and right? when, he gets, so, when Grealish gets older, too, he's going to realize that that uh, hair, just he should have just shaved it and grown up. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I've made mistakes like that, too. I'm not above it. I'm just saying <laughs> he is going to look back and be like, that was so ridiculous uh, that I had a, what do you call these things that my daughter wears? The... Little the headband the head, things, yeah, headband things. <laughs> the wisdom of Mikey. Talks. Yeah, you gotta, you know, like I had ridiculous hair too. Just saying, Jack, if you're listening to the podcast, shave your head. All right, before, no one will give you crap when you're older. Before we move on to the World Cup, we need to talk about the League's Cup. What is the League's Cup? Do Dave? you know about the League's Cup, Mikey Dobbs? I think uh, it is a new partnership with Liga Amekis, if I'm not mistaken. Right? It's not just a partnership, Mikey Dobbs. <laughs> it's all a partnership, Dave. It's <laughs> unbelievable, right? right? So Liga MX and MLS starting next summer will each take a month-long break. There will be a World Cup-style tournament featuring every MLS team and every Liga MX team. Nice. Okay. Ooh. That's it's pretty. No, I didn't know this. going it's, to right. be epic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. And so every team in both leagues plays in a World Cup. Four regions, East, West, South, Central, 77 games to be hosted in the United States. Um, here we go. Dude, that is smart. Right? There's four, <laughs> four teams per group. So the MLS Cup champion skips the group stage and starts at the round of 32. Yeah. Um, the two Liga MX recent most champions, the Clausura and the Aperitura, um, also the club with the most combined points, all get to skip to the round of 32. Everybody else plays in a group stage that's seeded. Four teams, three games, head-to-head and everybody, two teams advance. They go to a 32, and they play head-to-head World Cup style through the end. 
I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Another trophy up for grabs. I mean, not just a trophy. We've had like these. That's, a le- these that's way more legit maybe than MLS Cup, right? Yes. Ooh. This is oh, big maybe. news day. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say that, Don Garber. I meant, I meant, no. no. I think, <laughs> no in I, addition to the I, addition. Think this, I think this is what Don Garber would agree with. Yeah. You uh, know, I yeah. really do. I think that's, he was probably a huge, obviously a huge part of why that happened. Uh, how did I miss this? I don't know. Everybody's missed this. It's been flying under the radar. It starts next summer, next year, next so, MLS season. And so I can only assume that that's going to be broadcast on Apple TV, Dave. Every single match broadcast on Apple TV, all 77 games. Wow. This is a ama- Did Apple TV do this? Like, is this an Apple TV? Well, thing? Apple TV. The only weird thing. Here's a, there's, always a, there's always one weird thing. Uh, <laughs> there's one weird oh, disclaimer. Yeah. Got? Here we go. There are no ties. Every game will end in a penalty kick shootout if, okay. if the tip well, breaks a tie. And you get three points look, for a win and one point if you win I'm, after a tie. I'm okay with that. Look, this is one extra point. This is uh, So you get a one point for a tie regardless one, and I think an extra point if you're the penalty kick shooter out. So if so um, I don't mind in the this. event of a tie, you're they're gonna split the three points two and one. Okay. Which is a really cool thing. I, I love that idea. I'm not sure penalty kick shootout is the best way to do it, but but yeah, I like the idea of splitting, you know, having yeah. a true tie. Right. I like this. This is exciting. Yeah. And so, so is this, our season going to be longer if we take well, that? It's going to be games. a little bit longer, yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. More soccer. More soccer is better. So there are going to be... Gosh, what is it? How many teams? It's a lot of teams, Mikey Dobbs. So, Dave, um, we had a like coming in today. We had a super ambitious agenda. We've we've gone through so much, and we had so much more to talk about. But I don't think we are going to talk about that all. But you, um, I think, are going to tee up maybe some stuff for our next podcast. It talks <laughs> about your analysis of some of the other coaches in the. Uh, Eastern Conference and their path to coaching in the MLS. Am I wrong on that, or what? What's yeah, I mean, you know, we we we, <laughs> we to to be honest, we were gearing up, you know, for this silly season, the off season, yeah. um, and this idea of there was going to be a tease. Would we or would we not get rid of Pineda? Of course, that's all been answered by the the travesty of committing to him early, but. Um, in preparation for that, I did analysis of every single one of the MLS teams, where the coach came from, or in Eastern Conference, where the coaches came from, um, and you know, to get a sense of who these coaches are, who recruits them, who's successful, who's not, and even some alternatives. And I'll tease by saying, I think right now there are three coaches out there um, right this moment that we could upgrade, and I'll give you three names. Yep. Right. One that we've talked about a little bit, Tata Martino, who's uh-huh. going to be leaving Mexico after this World Cup. So he's going to be done in December and MLS season starts in February. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Um, Caleb Porter. Uh, God bless. Uh, Columbus fired him. Right, so he came in in his second season at Columbus. He won the MLS championship. He won the MLS title at Portland. He won the NCAA championship at Akron. 
He's now available. He's never been in one of the super clubs with all the money, but yep. clearly he can win even in the MLS. He's won two titles at two different teams. Um, and third, Diego Coco. We think we maybe we teased it a little bit, but um, Argentinian nurture, coached in Mexico, um, and um, was, uh, you know, he, he coached uh, Atlas. And Atlas hadn't won the Mexican title since 1953 or yep. something like this. He won the title. He's got off to a poor start or a mediocre start this year, and they fired him after winning the first <laughs> titles since 1953. So to me, those are three coaches, and we'll tease the fact we're going to do some discussion in the next podcast of coaches, where they come from, okay. who is successful. So in the event that we have to move on at some time, I hope we don't. I mean, I really hope... Pineda has a serious thought about it over the off season and he comes back with a new idea. Um, maybe even we switch our whole roster to fit what he wants to do, which I don't think makes sense. I'd rather yeah. see him. Well, fit what, to them. Another teaser. I think we're going to talk about what our predictions are for the current roster and who we want to see stay and who we want to go and yep. where are the gaps, what we need and what we would expect a new, uh, you know, president and coach to align on. Right. Um, speaking of presidents, right? That sounds like they're still interviewing uh, a lot of candidates. Do I think you they think just started, right? Yeah, it oh, sounds like a Doug Rubberson said okay. uh, as of like two weeks ago they've been interviewing candidates and it's ongoing. Yeah. Uh, do you think Tata is one of those candidates as well for president and not president? Coach? You know, it's interesting mm -hmm. because he did do all the research on some of those players, right? He digged up, he dug up Almarone, he dug up, um, you know, Martinez. Yeah. Um, is that so, is that a more appealing job for him? I, I don't could know. Be. I would definitely hire him for that. Yeah. And he definitely has an eye for players. Now the question is, is it just his eye for players? You know, you know, you could make an argument. You could wonder. He's here from the get-go. He understands. Right, but you could make it here's you can make an argument. Here's a, here's the thing. What would Al Marone have looked like under Pineda? Oh, would Al Marone have been Al Marone? No, he'd have probably looked like Luis Araujo. I, I thought was the example I was going to use, maybe. Which like, oh, Luis Araujo is the most expensive player of the Atlanta United. Well, that's because he's being used Or Barco. Wrong. Or Barco. It's mm -hmm. like, we. I mean, talents. Like, it. at some point, if you put them in the wrong circumstances, they're going to fail. <laughs> yep. All right, I think we've uh, we've landed to where we should maybe end on a happy note, Dave. I've uh, sent out an invite to you and Carmen uh, for the day after Thanksgiving. I'm having a big World Cup party for England, nice. USA. I don't know if you're able to make it. Oh, I'm but there. The World Cup Good is, match. is <laughs> less. It's yeah. Evite is a weird thing. You may have not gotten it. Like ignored it. <laughs> it's fine. But more importantly, the World Cup starts in less than thirty days, Dave. Even if it's in a weird yes. country that built stadiums for no reason, it's still happening. I know. <laughs> is it wrong? I'm just pretending it's like not there. I'm just, you know. Um, who is your prediction to win the World Cup? I think we may have talked about this, but I'm I'm obviously a gigantic believer uh, that Brazil is going to win. Runaway train. Mm. Who you got, Carmen? 
Brazil was my pick, but I feel like I need to pick somebody else now because you said Brazil. Let's see. I don't even know what the rankings are anymore. Um, let's go. I'm going to probably guess somebody who's not even in the World Cup. Um, <laughs> is Germany good this year? Let's go Germany. They Germany's in, always no, good. They don't need to be good to go <laughs> in the World Cup. <laughs> let's go Germany. Germany. Okay. Never a bad bet. Yeah. No, it's never. I mean, they, they have a... Uh, They've turned over some of the roster. They do have um, some younger players to complement some aging stars. Yeah. Um, they have a new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, no longer uh, low. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's an interesting pick. Yeah. Um, you got cats. I, I, I got Brazil also. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all... So, but that's telling, too. So, Carmen, you wanted to go with Brazil, but you just, you just picked something else. But, yeah, I think... Man, I just, they looked scary. Scary. Plus, there's players getting injured all over the place, but none of them are Brazilian. Yeah. Mm. All the Brazilian players are still healthy. I feel like, yeah, just watching the EPL lately, like Brazilian players are like just popping right now. Yeah. They've got, they're doing pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Casemiro has been fantastic finally. Mm -hmm. They put him in the lineup. He just made all the difference. Anthony from Manchester United. Gabriel. Neymar is doing okay. Um, Neymar has been playing the best. Gabriel may not even make the squad. That's the thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Firmino has been great, uh, even though Liverpool is struggling. Um, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Keep going. And. (laughs) Uh, what do you think about Argentina's chances? Are there? I would put them in there as you know. I think that's exciting too. That Argentina and Brazil is going to have that that rub. I think that Argentina is going to make a run as well. Um, I feel like for some for some reason the pressure is just kind of off Messi. It's it's all or nothing for him, and he doesn't have to be. I think the team's playing for him, and and it. It could work out the same way it did in the Copa America. Well, here's the thing. So Argentina has always been all offense and no defense. You know, but um, Martinez for Manchester United, the center back, Argentinian. Okay. Right? I didn't know that. And by God, I mean, he's been absolutely terrific. Fantastic. Right? So I'm wondering if I were Argentina – He'd be in the starting lineup as one of the center backs, right? Yeah. And if that's true and he can bolster the back line, then, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, He looks – I mean, obviously, you know, that's a guy I see a lot because I watch Manchester United games. Yeah. But, honestly, he looks like a top – certainly a top five, maybe a top three back in the whole Premier League. Yeah. My wolves are a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> yes, they, they are. are. But um, – <laughs> You know, it's it. Well, now they're. I think they just have the uh, interim coach, right? They, they haven't hired a new coach. I think it was it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they look good in stretches. They've got talent, but boy, they need a coach to come in and set the course. How do you think France gonna? Sorry, you were on Wolves. No, no, I'm done with. We're wolves. jumping back and forth. We could go from Wolves to Aston Villa. You know, who sacked Stevie Gerrard and yeah. now brought back Unai Emery. Do you remember him? Yeah, Unai Emery. Yeah, he coached Arsenal and yeah. then went yeah. back. You know, he won. He went to the. He won two, two or three. Uh, was straight. It Emery before Solskjaer or was what was the order of things there? No, he wasn't at Man United. He was at oh, Arsenal. So, uh, Arsenal, sorry, yeah. Um, before uh, he won like two or three uh, Europa leagues with Sevilla, and then went to Arsenal, failed. 
went back to Villarreal, won the Europa League again. <laughs> and now he left again. <sighs> so he's back in the Premier League. He clearly wants to be in England. Obviously the money. Yeah. Money, money. But, mm-hmm. well, but okay, but what do you think of France? I Distraction? Too much distraction, yeah. I don't see them going very far after. I think they'll get knocked out after the group stage. But the talent, Mikey Dobbs. Talent's there. But Benzema, World Player of the Year. Mbappe was like what, second or third? He's silly, right? I can't stand him, but yeah, I mean they've got Varane and they've got Pogba and they've got yeah. you know Conte's hurt though, lost a defensive midfielder, but they have so much talent. I just think there's it too- can't be that bad. I know. I feel like you're right. Like every like every World Cup, you're like they have the most talent yeah. or really close to the most talent, but there's some sort of drama. Yeah, I Whether think Everest, between Pogba and Mbappe, they're going to find out a way to drop the ball with like some okay. some some sort of drama between. But they're not going to be awful. You kind of suggesting they might implode. I, I think, don't see them imploding. I too can, much talent. They're too good to do, implode. Do I? They could implode and still win the do group. Do I feel an ATL Fire <laughs> uh, bet coming on? Yeah. Okay. Take that bet. In or out of the group stage. Sounds like you're going to say they're going to make it out of the group oh, stage. Oh, for sure. They're going to for sure make it out. You cannot say France is not getting out of the group stage. Okay. Group. Have I, you well, seen I the will, team? I, oh, I, I, I yeah, would, they're getting out of the group stage. <laughs> who's in their group? Uh, Denmark, Tunisia, Australia. Oh, damn it. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even that. Well, not just that; it doesn't even matter. Even if their group was decent, have you seen their team, Mikey Dog? Yeah, so they have a hall pass to the knockout round. Wow, they have a mm. talent pass. To the- <laughs> no, I mean you can't take that many talented players and lose. lose to those teams. Yeah, okay. you can sometimes when you have a team that's really over the hill, like when Germany imploded and didn't get out of the group. Every single player on that team was super over the hill, right? But the French players, they're all in their prime. Like, Benzema's the current world player of the year. Mbappe is yeah. what most people... I mean, Benzema, Mbappe, probably Lewandowski and Erling Holland. most people would say are the top four people in the world, right? Uh, <laughs> that's two for France. Two on the same team. And yeah. Erling Holland's not playing in the World Cup, and Lewandowski's playing for a team that has no chance in the World Cup. Yeah, you got to give him a, a nod for sure. But I just... Don't want the to, only other team that's got that to, much firepower is Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, France to lose in the first knockout rate game just because. Okay. Just because, Dave. I was thinking them, you know, choking and not winning the whole title, whereas they're really the most talented team. <laughs> yeah. And maybe going out in a semifinal or something. But you're yeah. talking about... In the first knockout, first what knockout, you're saying. Be, you know, not even and, a quarter and here's, final. Here's my logic why, right? Okay, because they've got a hall passing group, which means they're not going to come up against any adversity, they're just going to power through with yeah, the, but that ta- allows the, them to come the talent that they have. Yeah, they're going to feel like winning, right? Right, <laughs> but then they're actually going to come up against a real team that's hardened, Dave, from the group stage. They're going to have they're going to have that moment where they're going to push past them, a real team. A real team. They're going to win their group, so they're going to get a second-place team. There are not that many real second-place teams coming out of the group. World Cup's real top-heavy. Okay. So this is our bet. Are, is France okay. going to get knocked out in that first 
Knockout round. No. Okay, I'm going to say yes. Well, that's a, okay. We're I'm doubling down yes. on the bet, right? Because you already yeah. bet they weren't no, getting I'm out not, of the group. I'm not, no, no. I, no. <laughs> you only got bailed out by Carmen when she told you who was in the group. Right. Carmen told me who's in the group, and I'm not that dumb. But I am dumb enough to take the first knockout round game okay. just because it's France. You look dumb enough to take the not out of the round. I totally. So, am. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, What's we, the bet for? Do you all, or that comes later, which I'll actually Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out after this. It's always a bottle right. of wine. I'll bring one of our own. Okay. What are you going to bring? What can match that? Like, <laughs> I will. 1964 Chateau de Tour? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> a couple of Bordeaux from 40 years ago. I'm going to go with uh, Yellowtail. Okay. Fair. Yeah. That's all right. All right. Um, We've talked Yellow about it all and then nice some. Line. We've got a lot to talk Wait, about. Wait, we didn't part. talk about the U.S. We didn't talk about Mexico. Do you want to talk about the U.S.? Yes. Oh, okay. We got to yeah. talk about this. Is our getting ready for the World Cup? All right, let's you do know, it. Podcast. Right. What do you, you got to talk about the U.S.? What do you think? I think um, <laughs> it's not looking great in terms of why. I don't think we're clicking. Like I don't see, I don't see some of our players abroad totally clicking. We were shambolic the last uh, outings. Yes. Oh, I mean, good. but, but, right? There was no healthy Reina. There was no healthy Wea. There was no healthy Weston McKinney. There was no healthy, yeah. you know, Polisic. There was no healthy. It's as simple as this, Dave. We beat Wales. Okay, that first game in, yeah. in Group B. It's all on the table. Everything's on the table. We can make a run, okay? Like, I, we're not winning the World Cup, that's for sure. No way in hell. Not going to happen because of the Brazils and the, 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 the Frances out there. We're just not that good. That's my opinion. I would love to see it. I'll be the first person streaking through the park, people. <laughs> With red, white, blue on. Let this happen. Come on. But there's, there is no belief that anyone should have as a rational human being to think the U.S. is going to be able to, even if, let's say, we make it to the semifinals against one of these teams, going to be able to win against okay, a but... Brazil or a France or whatever. Not going to happen. But can we get there? Yeah, anything can happen after we beat Wales because... Then you get a little belief if there's players who you just mentioned, like Weston McKinney. There was a huge, you know, first you're starting with, oh, we're not looking good. Then you're saying that we can't win the World Cup. There's a whole range between, like, not getting out of your group and winning the World Cup. Where are you putting us? I'm putting us as best case scenario. We win one knockout game and lose in the next round, which is, what, quarterfinals? Losing the quarterfinals. I think that's the best we're going to do personally. I think the worst we're going to do is we lose to Wales and the whole thing's a meltdown. But that's a range. What are you actually going to? Because I think predict? it's because I think it's one or the other. So you're asking for me my for my <laughs> yeah. prediction. Yeah, that's a wide range. You can't say out in the first round or quarter. Yeah, no. So that's my, like the whole range that anybody would. No, ever my pick. my prediction is we make it out of the group and we we win the first first uh, knockout game. So that's the quarterfinals. We make it to the quarterfinals. Okay. So that's not being down on the team. That's being up on that's the team. That's pretty positive. That's the, highest that, we've yeah. got, that's the furthest we've gotten ever, unless you include the 1950 yeah. World Cup when there were only four well, teams in the tournament. Should, should, shouldn't we, should we not make it to where the best we've ever been, right? So I don't think that's my point is I don't think we're wow. going to surpass the best benchmark that we've ever had, even though this is the most talented U.S. national team squad we've ever seen to date. 
right? So I think that's the best we can do, even with all this talent. Yeah, we got a big problem in the back. Big yeah. problem. And Burhalter is not the guy to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a big problem in the back and a huge plus up front, right? I mean, because Gio Reyna is finally healthy again. We don't even know again. who our strikers going to be. Politics healthy again. No, we don't need a striker. Why are they always looking for a striker, right? Because we need like, goals. Because we can't score against like Japan. Pineda. We right? can't score against... Yeah, because they're playing with a striker. Saudi Why not Arabia? play with all the attackers and we'll still score goals? Play Wea, play Reyna, play Pulisic, play McKinney, and oh, be wait, like, wait. let's go. So you're saying Burholter has the same problem as Pineda, where he refuses just to put the most talented players on the yeah. field? Yeah, yeah sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> not going to make it very far. But, but... Well, like, yeah, Wea, so talented. you got to play him. We have our own mama in the U.S. national yeah, team, basically. I agree. Ah, yeah. Right? Because Let's, we've got Pulisic and Gio Reyna and Tim Wea and um, who am I missing? Uh, Weston McKinney and um, Aronson. And we got a lot of attacking players. So, And we have some balance because Tyler Adams is really good, even though Leeds is really struggling. Ah, Jesse Marsh is... The the only player I'm just so so high on right now is Brendan Aronson. Yeah, he's good. He will be the most important player for the U.S. men's national team in the World Cup. Period. The end. Oh, no. (laughs) That's not true. It is. No, there's two two most important players. Name name anybody that would be more important than him. Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney. No. Tyler Adams plays with Leeds... And yeah. he is way overshadowed in, by importance on Leeds United than by Brendan Aronson. Well, because Leeds I watched, is doing terribly. No, because Brendan mm-hmm. Aronson brings it every single game. He's a thorn in everybody's side. He is unquestionably an X factor that any team should want. Leeds United or the U.S. men's national team. And he elevates everybody around him by his energy. But then why are Leeds losing? You can't score. Why? Be, I don't know because <laughs> the the other talent around him is not getting yeah, it done. But if yeah. you like, literally, if you and and I asked that same question as I watched Leeds United, I'm like, is Brennan Aronson his efforts making some other sort of counter mistakes? Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Like he is, he is setting players up. His work rate is, I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. I think he's really good playing off the center striker who's getting all the attention. But when he's getting all the attention, I don't think he's a lead the line kind of guy. He, he reminds is, me of a Phil Foden. You're not watching leads. Early, early he's early dribbling past people. Yeah, I know, but Phil Foden does that too. But like, so where does he play for the U.S.? Where's Aronson for the U.S.? I don't know because it's yeah. depending on where Burr Holter figures that out. Like it's right. a similar ballistic type of position, right? Yeah, I wouldn't play any striker, and I would, I would, to be honest, I would play, you know, Pulisic, probably Aronson, Gio Reyna, across the front, right, and be like, let's go. I know that's crazy that I, that I said Brendan Aronson is our most important player, but I think he is going into this World Cup. He's not more important. I mean, if the, if the U.S. is going to survive, we have to do well in the midfield because our back four, yeah. I mean, outside of Anthony Robinson, who's still not quite healthy, I mean, he's coming back and he should be good for the World Cup. But, yeah. um, you know, um, obviously Robinson was a huge loss and we have no answer. We had our central yeah. pairing. 
right? Um, what should we call it for Nashville? There's and one Robinson. guy though that's consistent, hasn't been injured, plays every game, plays consistent, plays amazing, and that's Brendan Aronson. Everybody else we've mentioned here, Pulisic doesn't start. Rio G, Rio. Uh, uh, Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna has been injured and off and on. He's back. He scored. M- McKenney, the same. We don't even. Weston McKenney. We don't back. Have- he scored. <laughs> right. Everybody was worried about the injury. That's why I'm saying I'm higher on the U.S. because all we had those injuries, right? Gio right. Reyna was a long-term absence. Weston McKinney was a long-term absence. Both of them came back. Both of them started. Both of them scored on the weekend. Like, come on. Let's go. We're ready. <sighs> They're fresh, too. They haven't had all this wear down, right? If they can just get hot. Yeah. Let's go. That would be my only concern yeah. with uh, Brendan Aronson. He, yeah. They've worked him hard the last couple months. Like, he's been a workhorse. Yeah, but it's only a third of the way through the season. Yeah. He'll die right after the World Cup, and he'll be nothing for Leeds the rest of Probably. the season. But, Probably. But he's still good enough to go for the World Cup. That's, yeah, okay. That's the advantage of having the World usually the World Cup at the end of the season. Brendan Aronson at the end of the season in his first Premier League season would be just spent. Oh, be but dead. in the middle of the season, it's okay. Yeah, no problem. All right, Mikey Dobbs, I think I'm coming with you. I think Aronson is really important for the U.S. national team. Huh, okay. Just his work rate. I, I remember him from earlier games. All the guy, right. the 12-year-old looking guy yeah. before I knew like who he was. He looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah. He's playing like a absolute veteran right now yes like i've been eagle eyeing him lately like and and he's good i don't get and i but i've been looking for flaws i haven't just been trying to be like a bandwagon guy with Mm -hmm. him he is you know he's like almada in in the sense of in in a bad team he's not making the stupid passes or the like he's still getting in there and making smart decisions it's and not losing the ball and, Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just so who's going to be the other center back? Oh, God, I, that's our problem, too. Our whole back line is a bit of a, I mean, our center back. Well, they're going to probably play Sergio Dest, and I'm, you know, yeah. and he's great. He's playing for AC great. Milan, but but he's not a great defender. And you're like, again, hmm. Yeah. Um, I, wouldn't, I would still play him, but I would, if I were the coach, I would say, look, you know, still get forward, but take your moments. Like, I don't need you going yep. up every single time, right? Same with Anthony Robinson. Like, if this team is going to survive, those guys got to come stay at the back yeah. and defend. I just think that, again, if we beat Wales and we get on a positive run, that... Sergi- How could we not beat Wales? It's the World Cup, man. I know. World Cup happens weird yeah. things. And we do have Burhalter as our coach. Yeah. He could find a way. But, you know, I... I, I <laughs> I think Dest is such a talent. Like if yeah. if we do get on a positive run, like he'll step up his game. I think he's that's his mentality. Like he plays for the occasion. I think he's that type of player. I don't know. But who is the other center back? No, after Zimmerman. Yeah, Walker Zimmerman is clearly going to start. And people worried about him because he. People say, oh, he has off, you know, because Nashville just got eliminated from the MLS playoffs. I say, thank goodness, because that guy has played so many minutes. He could just use a couple weeks to yeah. recharge the batteries. Yeah. He's going to be terrific. So I, I love that. I, mean, I was, no offense to Nashville, but get him out so he's ready for the World Cup. Um, you know, he's still training. You know, the national, he set up a national team camp for players who are out, and they're just, you know, training on the side. But it's not the intensity, the whatever. He can just relax a little bit. Well, I know, and that's why I started but off who with, else? with the 17th choice for Brazil is better than whatever the who else is that you we're going to sc- mm. scrounge up. Easy. Center back is the big problem. And then the goalkeeper. Yeah. Well, I like Matt Turner, personally. He's my guy. But he's not playing. 
Yeah, he's still got confidence, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's played, I mean, he played, what do you call it? The I think off he, tournament. Yeah, thing. he's been getting your, your Europa, Europa League time with Arsenal, did some, right? did well. Yeah, yeah, and he's done well. Yeah. I still probably think I would go with Zach Steffen. But to be honest with you, I don't understand. I'm not worried about it because I think both are good keepers. Why not Sean Johnson? I like that choice. Sean Johnson's been in phenomenal form. Oh. He's playing every week in, week out. And, I'll, you know, maybe I'll doesn't t- quite have the ceiling as a Zach Steffen, but I would start him. Now, now you've, you've gotten lost. Cause, <laughs> sorry. Because there's two better goalkeepers than oh. Zach Steffen, oh. which are Matt oh. Turner and... Uh, and uh, so you said Sean Johnson. Zach yeah. Steffen and Turner are be- better than... Uh, better than Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson. I think they're better, but not an informed Sean Johnson who's in the playoffs, who's playing week in and week out, yes, playing really well. They are. Really well. He's really well. Yeah, he's playing really well. But he- Second best goalkeeper in the MLS. The only one that's better than him is Blake, who's... God bless is maybe the best goalkeeper. I, I feel yeah. like he wins better than Blake as the two Brazilians. There's two guys yeah. playing in Europe, and they're a level up from Sean Johnson. A level up. Or Sean, Johnson, or Sean Johnson would be playing over there if he could. He could. No, he can't. He absolutely could. He'd be there. Because there's an American bias. Like, if you look at the Premier League goalkeepers, right? Sean Johnson is a top 10 goalkeeper in the Premier League. For sure. False. Outside of the two Brazilians, right? I mean, certainly the two Brazilians are amazing, right? Ederson and Allison. I mean, they're the two best goalkeepers in the whole world. I just maybe also you lost your way here, Dave. (laughs) No, yeah, it's hard. The English goalkeepers are awful. I mean, awful. I mean, I love. I think they should be starting. England should be starting Pope and not starting. Picker Pickford, Pickford right? Pickford. Uh, Jordan Pickford, he's terrible. But Sean Johnson is a better goalkeeper than Jordan Pickford, the starting goalkeeper for England. Hands down, no problem. There's just a bias. There's a bias, Mikey Dobbs. False. It's just hard to tell because in the MLS, Sean Johnson, I mean, he's plays amazing. on his head. Yeah, plays on it. We does. saw it as Lynn United. The playoffs played on his yeah. head. But I I'm don't not saying think... he's not an excellent goalkeeper. He is. But... He's great. You can't tell me he's I'd probably start him. a top 20 EPL team goalkeeper if he's not there, Dave, and he's not I'd there. I'd rather bring a goalkeeper. Because if he could Instead be there, of, he would be there. If you take a goalkeeper like you Zach Steffen if he, if, or Turner who aren't playing that much or coming off of injuries. I mean, don't get me wrong. When Zach Steffen is playing in day in and day out, when he was in MLS, if he was playing, in, he's a great goalkeeper. Yeah. He's probably better than Sean Johnson. But... He's not, and I wouldn't take that risk in the World Cup. You still got a phenomenal goalkeeper who's who's going to give you great. I don't know. I I'd have to go to tape for Sean Johnson, but he's clearly lacking the footwork then that the EPL teams demand. Then okay, that that might be fair. That might be because he's a hell of a shot stopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's but, what you need. Why is everybody so obsessed with playing out of the back? Because that's what they do in the EPL, Dave. I don't know if you've but watched. not in the World Cup. No, but we talk about how UPL. many teams have a press like Klopp or oh, Guardiola in the did, World Cup. Yeah, you did say this is who our U.S. men's national team. Yeah, is. yeah, you know, sure, give them a give them a chance. But I still say Turner and Zach Steffen are excellent. So why? And how good is Pickford with his feet? I mean, Turner is an amazing stop uh, shot. Yeah, and also as well. terrible with his feet. Also not he great with his feet. His feet. Yeah, Zach. I think Sean Johnson is as good a shot stopper as Turner. Yeah, I'd give and them that. and they're about equal with their feet. And Sean Johnson's playing every week and out, and they're in the playoffs, and they won the MLS title last I just year. Think they're that probably going to win again. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. 
And none of them are 5'8", so I take all of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Now, what about Mexico? I don't see them doing much, man. I just don't. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. What? Who's in their group, Carmen? What do we got for Mexico? Mexico, um, Argentina, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. They should make it out of their group. That's a tough group. Tougher group. Tougher group than us. They should make it out. They should make it out with Argentina. Um, Lewandowski could single handedly knock them out. Could be. Could, I just could don't. Happen. I just don't think Poland as a whole. Yeah, I don't think Tata that. loses in the first round. No yeah. way. So even though I think I really was looking forward to, I think Tata's a great coach and I was really looking forward to, uh, you know, having this golden generation of Mexican players and one by one, they've all gotten hurt. So if, sorry for Mexico. If Mexico makes it to the semifinals, it'll be a total boondoggle uh, event. I think that's the furthest they can go. But I see them maybe getting knocked out in the quarterfinals. Okay. What about Canada? No. Can't you do know Canada won our group? I don't care. It's Canada. <laughs> they have an amazing coach. Who's their coach? Amazing coach. Uh, I can't remember his name, yeah. but he was coaching they, on the women's side. He coached the women's Canadian team. Oh. And they when they won, and now oh. he's coaching the men's team. He real good. Really good. Okay. Who won the Olympics last time? Are you talking about the women? Yeah. Canada. 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 I'm going to say two out of three CONCACAF teams in the quarterfinals, at least. And maybe all three. I think it's a good year for CONCACAF. ICS talent-wise is really stacking up pretty well. The talent on these teams is no longer... I used to look at... England and you used to look at any mediocre European team, Poland and Sweden yeah. and whatever, you know, yeah. Holland, they used to be so much better than us. That's not true anymore. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, I mean, Canada, obviously, during the qualifier show, their talent, I just. Yeah, Alfonso Davies and, and David and whatever his name I'm just is. Just showing my uh, bias that I don't want Canada to do well. Maybe but because it's coaching. of that. They have an amazing yeah. coach. If we had a good coach. If we had a good coach, Mikey Dobbs, yep. I would pencil us into the semifinals. In terms of talent, I think we are a semifinal team. We just don't have a good coach. So, Dave, what are you most excited about then for this uh, U.S. Coaches Convention to be yeah. able to kind of pick brains about the importance of coaching for MLS teams? <sighs> and or, like, opinions on Pineda. Like, can we get any... any yeah, it'd be interesting any, to see the any, leagues any, via any, Pineda from you, the outside. Any unique takes from other U.S. coaches... Um, you know, especially aspiring coaches, right? They should be critical of Pineda if they're if they would agree with us and they see the same things, right? Like that's their. How do you have the most expensive roster in the league and finish eleventh and be allowed to survive? You know, one thing they were talking about in the Premier League this weekend <clears throat> is that Newcastle maybe should be considered. You know, there's always been the big six or the re- most last ten years or whatever has been the big six, and maybe there should be a big seventh. And part of that is based on money. Right. So they have so much money. Right. Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea uh, all have tons of money and the players and the depth of the squads is phenomenal. Right. And you're like 
I read an article in The Athletic and they were talking about if you're in one of those teams, if you're the coach of one of those teams, you unfortunately know you really got to get top four and be in the Champions League. And if you don't, you're getting sacked, right? Because the amount of money they have and putting into players, right, is astronomical. But the point of that is not just the top four, but the top six and, and how they always finish in the top six because they have so much more money. Pineda has that Atlanta United. He has the most money, and he finished 11th, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you were one of the big six, which is, you know, I mean, would you call Atlanta one of the big six? Yeah, you know, historically, we don't have that tradition, but money-wise, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're the mm -hmm. new Chelsea of yeah, the, the right. Premier, yeah. And Chelsea and all these teams that have thrown tons of money to things, if their coach doesn't get him in the Champions League, that's top four, bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I would argue with the money that we have, you would probably have to consider us a top six club. And the goal would have to be Champions League football, which would be top four. And if you're not in the top four, forget it. You got to yeah. know that as a coach, you're gone. Yeah. Now, you know, do you engender like, for example, if you just won the title? <laughs> I don't, and then you finish, you know, one year at, you know, six yeah. or something, maybe, you know, you can, whatever. I, yeah. I, I think the people teams overreact. You get a certain amount of goodwill if you've done that, but yeah. And, you know, again, you might say, all right, even some of those teams have rebuilds, right? You know, they, they get older players, they're turning over, but we're not a rebuilding roster. We're a roster that's in the prime that's built to win. I agree. A lot of people don't see it our way, though, Dave. So we've talked about it all. We've tried to convince them. Yep. Looking forward to another podcast, talk about some coaches and uh, also the World Cup. Yeah. Carmen, any final thoughts from your end? No final thoughts. Right. I feel like we've talked about it all. We have. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Take care, <laughs> podcast listeners. Looking forward to the World Cup. Thanks, everybody. See you.